Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome back to Financial Coaches Network podcast. Emily, what are we talking about this week? We are talking all kinds of fun this week. We are talking about taxes, specifically 1099 requirements. And this is something just as a quick background. So two years ago, no, was it two years ago? Maybe it was was three years ago. I got an email from Financial Coaches Network as a member saying, hey, don't forget about your 1099 filing. And I'm like, what is that? And so I did my research and thankfully got a little bit of help and um, a little help from, we'll talk about that too. QuickBooks Online helped me out with my filing. And um, it just, it's something that's important that I think a lot of business owners don't realize that they have to do. And so it's something I thought was important for us to cover. And there's, there's kind of, there's two sets of requirements. Well, there might be more than two. There's two that I found. There's like the, the income side. So I've got income coming in. And it was the expenses, the money I paid to people. And so I want to talk about both of those separately. All right. Um, Yeah. So where would you like to start? The income or the expense side? Let's let's talk income because it seems like there's been changes on that this year. More or less. Yes. Multiple changes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So let's start with getting a little bit of a background on what the 1099 is. Okay, that'd be great because that's what I that's where I was confused. So every year you get a W-2, right? That is a requirement of your employer that they are required by law to send you a accounting of all of the money that they have paid you as earnings. Right. Right. Now they're sending it to you more or less as a convenience, right? (laughs) Right. The other person that gets a copy of this is the IRS. Right. And the IRS looks to see, okay, this person said they paid you this much money. You've said that you earned this much money. Do those numbers match? Right. Okay. Right. The so this is a requirement of the payor, of the person paying it. Right. The uh the 1099 is basically we'll call it the miscellaneous potpourri grab bag form right so there is a 1099k there's a 1099m there are all sorts of different things right a 1099i for interest it basically comes down to if you pay someone else some money that you have to as the payor you have to identify what money you paid them so the irs can match everything up right right why we get a 1099i for our interests and our interest yep right but in the past we haven't really had to do that for certain amounts of money at least as as a say sole proprietor 
<laughs> depends on how much how much you've paid people. Yes. Well, and this is where it's gotten the IRS has gotten more involved in. I mean, it's it's pretty broad now as far as like who you're supposed to report. Oh, it was always very broad. Okay, they just didn't enforce it. <laughs> they it's usually not an initial enforcement. It's usually something that happens over time. Right? Meaning okay. that you get audited, that's when they'll start to get you for everything. Got it. Okay. Um, now, of course, if your business is large enough, that this can get you audited in general. Right. Um, and if you just get randomly audited, because there are a percentage of people that get randomly audited every year, then yeah. that's you as well. Right. So, um, so the rules haven't really changed all that much. Okay. There is a lot of rule changes around third-party companies. Ah, okay. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. And that's had a ton of changes. In fact, the most recent change was like a week ago or two weeks ago. Yeah. It was a, just a few weeks ago they announced it. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, so that's been the big, that's been the big change is that particular one. Got it. Okay. Cause that's what, what prompted me to get an, an email, multiple emails from advice pay, um, yes. which you probably got those too, to set up basically set it up so that you made sure you got the right communications from them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's regarding the income side. So let's talk about what a, yeah, that's the income side and that's the third party um, platform. Right. So and we'll talk Stripe, about yeah. Right. Stripe and PayPal and advice pay anything, any, anywhere where you get money from somebody who's for the business but it's also it exclude. I believe it excludes friends and family. Correct? Eh, not necessarily. If kind you're of. providing a service to those friends, well, and okay, right, right. So if you're right. a a ten ninety nine contractor in a family business, then it still is included. Right. So why don't we start with which one do you want to start with? The income side or the expense side? I'll tell you right now, the income side is going to be easier and faster. It is easier and faster. So let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> on the income side, if you receive income through a third party, so third party would be Stripe, PayPal, uh, you know, YouTube, whatever, right? Anything, anywhere where you're getting income yeah. from a third so party. So if someone's not paying you directly, the money is going yeah. to this third party that collects the funds for you and then remits the funds to your account. Even if that collection and remittance takes a split second between the two steps, right? Yeah. Uh, what what is now the rule is that if you collect, now we're going to change this rule twice. I know. <laughs> if you collect it's... over six hundred dollars, right? If, so, if yes. a third party collects over six hundred dollars on your behalf, they will issue you a ten ninety nine. Yes. Now, that rule changed to be twenty thousand dollars. For 2024, I'm sorry, yes. for 2023. For 2023, yeah. Yeah. So you may have received it for 2023 if you had over $20,000 in income. And for 2024, it was supposed to go to the 600 and they just altered it to 5,000. Yep. Right. I wrote that note too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but next year it's going to be 600. Now, here's the thing. What are your obligations? Unless you are the third party doing the collecting of funds, you have nothing you have to do. No. 
but but you may but watch for those emails because they may need in order for you to get because I know with advice pay in order to get the form you had to you had to set up something in Stripe in order to get that form sent to you. Does it yeah, really it, matter? It, it well, absolutely. Yes, it extremely does. Okay. Here's and, the, but the IRS is going to get it no matter what, yes. though, right? So you regardless just want to make sure your of, match. Yeah, regardless of you getting it or not, the IRS is going to get yes. it. Yes. Yeah. And like you said, your numbers don't match. You want to know right. what the fastest way to get an audit is? The numbers. <laughs> the numbers. You want to right. know how many humans are involved in uh, in identifying who's going to get audited because the numbers don't match? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Right. <laughs> there is a computer at the IRS that's sole job. This isn't actually true, but, but you know, there it is right. that all they do, they have a computer system that just literally numbers don't match. Send off an audit. Yeah. yeah. That's it's like an automated process. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so you do, if you're getting these emails and you're thinking, Oh, I shouldn't, I don't have to worry about this. I'm a small company or whatever it happens to be. Don't do that because you will not have the accurate numbers from that third party administrator. Your numbers won't match the third party payment collector. Rather, the numbers won't match with the IRS and you will get audited. Yeah. And it's it's fast, it, but it it's five minutes. Spend the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It does yeah. not take very much time. No. So. OK, that's it for the income. Yeah. Income was fast. So. Yeah. All right. Expenses. Yeah. So you paying other people. Yes. Um, okay. So yeah, let's kind of walk through and then we're going to come back to the income at the end, by the way. Okay. okay. Uh, but this last thing with the income, we need to go th walk through the paying people part to come back to the income part. Got it. <laughs> so you paying uh, other people for any work. That you then also have to do 1099 payment requirements if you pay people more than $600 in a year. Right. right. That is in the entire year, which means pretty much everyone is going to need to do this. Right. If you're paying someone to do something, it's very hard to get something done for less than $600. Right. Right. Now, can we talk about what's included in that? Sure. So, you're so what being, do you? Um, so, Financial Coaches Network was an obvious one, right? Yep. We pay more than six hundred dollars to Financial Coaches Network. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about? Um, oh gosh, a software, a software that you purchase, and it's a hundred dollars a month. For now, yes. There's going to be some caveats and some changes okay. to it in a second, but for now, yes, you do. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, oh gosh, I mean, any expense you have essentially over 600, pretty much any which... expense you have where you paid someone or some, and some company over $600 okay. over the period of the whole year, over the period of the whole year, you will have to pay. You have to fill this file for yep. each, each and every one of them. All right. right. Now let's talk about the, ex the exceptions, the exceptions. Yes. There are two that massive exceptions. Yes. The first exception is if it is a corporation, right? If it is a corporation, you do not have to do it. So that whole software thing, most right. likely it's a corporation. Yes. And so as a result, uh, you do not have that requirement. Yeah. That helped me last year. <laughs> yes. 
so that's we are not a corporation. So, right. FCM is not a corporation, network. correct. So people still have to file it for us. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're questioning it. No, 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 no. It's not. It's, okay. It, that that may change in the future, but uh, as of right now, okay. we're not a corporation. Yeah. Right, right. I see what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. The okay. So that's the first thing. The uh, the first exception. The second exception is if it was paid by credit card, not debit oh. card, but credit card. Huh. Okay. So okay. the process that. A credit card go company goes through to reconcile its um, books. For it's not really its books, but for lack of a better term, right? The process the credit card company goes through yeah. actually fulfills that 1099 requirement. Huh. Okay. The debit card doesn't. I didn't know that. Another reason to use credit cards, is right? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so those are the two exceptions. If you paid by credit card. Uh, now, this isn't you paid 600 out of the $1,500 by credit card because you now have another $900 that wasn't paid. So now you have to separate out. What did I pay by credit card? What did I pay by? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Be consistent. Yes. So consistency is good. Um, but yeah, so th those are the two exceptions. And so a pretty good significant number of the things that you probably purchase in your business hit with one of those two requirements. Right. right. So Emily just asked a question. She, how do you find out if something is a corporation? So in my case, for a software that I used, I just looked them up and I yeah. could see at the bottom that it was a corporation. That was like, it. yeah, I could just tell by the description, but I guess you could contact them too, right? Yeah, you can contact uh, their customer service department. Um, the... It's usually it's usually listed on their website, in, yeah. uh, possibly in the footer or in the about section. Yeah, right? so I found it was the footer. Yeah, yeah. It'll mm -hmm. generally say a blank corporation or a blank company with a state, and if you need to, you can go to the Secretary of State in that state and look up exactly what type of company it is and all sorts of other information. Like their corporate filings are public records, so you can look up almost yeah. any company's corporate filings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was an easy, right? That, that's that hopefully narrows it down. But yeah. my guess is every single small business has at least one of these. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Every single one. Because you just, we buy things from companies. Yeah. And you know. so I was talking earlier and when I was improvising with the other video uh, about how I, when I went to go research how to do it the first time, I discovered that QuickBooks actually can handle the whole thing for you. And it just, mm -hmm. you'd probably say, oh, that's a way, you know, you just do it yourself. But I found it really easy to just say, you know what? They pulled all the data from that one particular payee and they pulled it together and they sent it to the right place, made my life easy. And um, it was just a few minutes of my time. So you think, that I would say it's a waste <laughs> to have someone else do something for you. I don't know. Maybe not. No. <laughs> who I was talking to. God, no. If I can pay something else or someone else to do something, I am going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he just said, yeah, could you have your CPA do that? Yeah. 
That's yeah. another person you can have do that. You can have your CPA do that. It generally is going to be more costly. Um, yeah. If you have a bookkeeper, oftentimes they will do it. And that'll probably yeah. be a lower fee than your CPA. Keep in mind, the other problem with a CPA is most people don't meet with their CPAs until after the, after the deadline for the 1099 filings. Okay, the deadline. That's important. And that's the reason we're doing this right now is because the deadline is January 31st of each year. And you don't want to miss that deadline. And for those of you wondering why on earth is it so early, think about it. This is paperwork that people need to fill out their taxes. Exactly. So, you know, for those of you who say, well, I want to get my taxes done in February, that's when my CPA opens it up in February. The reason why CPAs don't have January meetings is because this is the debt. January 31st is the deadline. Yep. And you might not have everything mm -hmm. before the end of January. Yeah. Because that's it the deadline for W-2s as well, correct? Yeah. They're all, all the income, the only thing that does not abide by that deadline and it does, but it doesn't. Right. Uh, and everything kind of falls into this. You can always do amendments to the, to the filing. So W2s, you can get an amended W2, you know, two months. Yes. That's happened to us. Yes. Uh, We're like, wait, but we just filed it. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. The thing that's very common though, is mutual funds. So mutual mm -hmm. funds will do uh, send it out by the deadline, send you a 1099. And then sometimes every couple of weeks for a couple of months, you'll get an amended one as new things settle and as new things come through the mutual fund. Yeah. <clears throat> Just the complexities of a mutual fund. But they still have the deadline. Right. It's, you're, it's very common with mutual funds to get 1099s after the fact. It's not as common with W-2s or other 1099s. Okay, so what do you do if you miss the deadline? Let's say you hear this video and you're like, oh no, it's February 5th. File it as fast as possible. Right. right. Just get it done, yeah. Yeah, and just, yeah, just kind of get it done. Um, you can, yeah, just get it done as fast as possible. That's the easiest way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder where your brain was going with that one. There are some things with regards to there's different, the later you are, the more problematic it is. So there are additional deadlines afterward based on the next tier of problematic. Okay. Right. Um, like let's, but, let's say it's April 15th and you realize you should have done it. <clears throat> then what? Then you do it and uh -huh. you're, mm -hmm. you may have some penalties that you're going to pay as a result <clears throat> of it. Um, you probably have some very annoyed people who you're working with and paying because they're now having to do amendments potentially. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, so there's quite a number of things. That's one of the things that's, that when companies talk about, you know, when people who work in accounting, the companies talks about, oh, we, you know, it's the end of year closing and it takes forever. Right. A lot of people don't understand, well, why is it taking forever? It's just doing the same thing as you always do. No, you're collecting all of this data for all of the different people that the company paid, identifying what 1099s need to be sent out, and you've got to get that done in a month, right? So that all has to happen after the normal end of quarter book closing. Right. Um, and so this is actually a pretty big project for companies. 
at the end of yeah. the year. And it's one of the reasons why even with our internet troubles, we made sure to get this recorded mainly because it just, yeah. we don't have a lot of time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask another question. Yeah. Okay. So we're required to report any, any money we've paid to somebody else over $600. Do our clients have to send us a 1099? So that was going back to the income thing. That I was, okay. yes. So if your clients, if you're not a corporation, and if your clients don't pay with credit card, then yes, they're required to send you a 1099. And this so is how do we make something. that easy? Can we make it easy for them somehow? So yeah, the, the easiest way would be to have a document that you send them that has your a tax ID number on it. Right. Because that's the hardest part, right? Is getting yeah. that. So I I on my website, <laughs> that document just sits on my website. Yeah. Got it. So that people can access it whenever they need to. Now, the vast, vast majority of my clients pay me through um, a methodology that does not require a 1099 filing. Okay. Yeah. Credit card. Credit card or other things. There are other things. Or other methods. Okay. What other things? Oh, okay. Never like, mind. Yeah. This is because you're a financial investment advisor. advisor. So yeah. So I'm going to have other processes. Different. Exactly. Yeah. 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 AUM uh, does not require a 1099 filing. Right. That yeah. makes sense. Okay. Um, did I miss anything? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Those were the big ones. That's the big thing. You know, make sure that you get it done by uh, December 31st. If you have a bookkeeper or if you have bookkeeping software, do it through that. There are yeah. third party people out there, but it's usually going to be faster and easier to have the bookkeeper do it or to do it through your bookkeeping software. It's another of the million reasons why you don't want to uh, skimp on spending in your business. Yeah. Um, because if you don't, if you just been saying, oh, I'll just download it, the transactions off of my bank and uh, use that as my quote unquote books, right? This is one of those areas where when people say, well, what's the point of bookkeeping software? This is the point of it, right? This is one of yeah. the many points of it. Um, because that's a huge manual process as opposed to clicking a button to send the 1099. Yeah, QuickBooks made it easy. There's like there's a special page specifically for 1099s, and it even can tell you what you have to file and what you might not have to file. So it's yeah. it's very helpful. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's why you want to have if you're going to run this as a business, spend the money as a business. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's all that I had. And that <laughs> reminds me now that I'm back from holiday. Yeah, I do my 1099s which yeah. in alignment with, you know, say uh, reinforcing why I don't think that it was a waste for you to have done it and try to do it on your own. <laughs> my process is I am going to send an email to my bookkeeper <laughs> and say, uh, let me know when the 1099s have gone out. Awesome. It's so <laughs> easy for you, right? You're just like, hey, just make sure you're got done. <laughs> yep. Even easier than mine. <laughs> I love Absolutely. it. All right. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.